It's Friday, September the 11th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, Republican stimulus vote fails and City gets a new boss. First, the world in brief. Democrats killed off a pared-down Republican COVID-19 relief bill in a Senate vote. They say it would have done too little to address the economic devastation of the pandemic and were united in opposing it. All Republicans but one voted in favour. Officials from the Federal Reserve and others have said more help is needed to prevent America's economy sliding further. But negotiations between congressional Democrats and administration officials, which broke down in August, have not restarted. Jean-Sebastien Jacques, the boss of Rio Tinto, forfeited his job following the firm's decision to blow up two 46,000-year-old Aboriginal caves in Australia. The mining giant went ahead with the destruction in May, despite objections from the site's indigenous owners, causing an investor backlash. Mr Jacques will still be entitled to his long-term bonuses, the firm said. Citigroup named Jane Fraser to succeed Michael Corbett as chief executive when he retires in February. Ms Fraser, currently City's president and head of its consumer banking business, will be the first woman to lead a big Wall Street bank. Mr Corbett's eight-year tenure was dominated by the task of restoring City's fortunes in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis. The European Central Bank held interest rates. Christine Lagarde, its president, said the Eurozone was experiencing a strong rebound in activity as it emerges from full lockdown. The bank now expects the contraction in the Eurozone's GDP this year to be slightly less than previously forecast, and inflation to undershoot its target of close to 2% for some time. Microsoft said that Chinese, Iranian and Russian hackers have attempted to mount cyber attacks on hundreds of groups and people involved in America's presidential election, including the campaigns of Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It said the hackers included the Russian group that undermined Hillary Clinton's campaign against Mr Trump in 2016. Microsoft said the Russians' tactics have evolved since then. IAG, the airline group that includes British Airways and Iberia, launched a discounted rights issue to raise 2.7 billion euros, 3.2 billion dollars. Qatar Airways, IAG's biggest shareholder, will provide much of the capital. Demand for air travel is returning more slowly than the group had forecast. It now expects capacity to fall by 63% this year compared with 2019. And wildfires brought new devastation to America's west coast. The blazes killed at least seven people across California, Oregon and Washington state. Some 2.5 million acres have been scorched in California this year, an area 20 times greater than at this point last year. Thousands of people have been evacuated. A dense blanket of hazardous smoke covered almost the entire coastline. And now here's today's agenda. Tech tumult. Stock market's volatility. Tech stocks seemed unstoppable. From their lows in March, the value of America's five tech mega caps, Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Facebook and Microsoft, almost doubled over the summer, pushing the Nasdaq and the S&P 500, two American stock indices to all-time highs. But September has brought a burst of volatility. Shares in the Big Five plunged in value for three consecutive sessions since market close on September 2nd, falling by around 12% on average before seesawing higher on September 9th and then lower once more yesterday. What is behind the wild swings? Passing market movements is tricky, 
but most stock watchers have pointed to activity in the market for options, a leveraged derivative, in part driven by retail investors' enthusiasm. Around $335 billion worth of options have changed hands each day over the past two weeks, triple the daily average traded in 2017 to 2019. The type of options retail investors are buying, short-dated bets on rising prices, can fan shares higher in the near term. Greenbacks for Green Acres American Farm Aid American agriculture has already been battered by the Trump administration's trade war with China. The once mighty industry faced increasing tariffs on exports, prompting $28 billion in aid from the Department of Agriculture. But things seem to be looking up when America and China inked a preliminary trade deal earlier this year. Then the pandemic struck, disrupting supply chains and crushing demand from big buyers such as restaurants and schools. Congress included another $16 billion in direct payments for farmers as part of the $2 trillion coronavirus stimulus bill passed in March. After a one-month extension, today is the final day for farmers to apply for assistance under the programme. The industry is hardly ready to be weaned off aid, which is hefty even in good times. Republicans and Democrats in Congress agree that farmers could use another 15 to $20 billion in additional funding. But with talks of a second stimulus bill still languishing, help could be some way off. A kick in the ballots. Russia's elections. Local elections traditionally attract little interest in most of Russia. Politics has long been hollowed out by the Kremlin and few Russians bother to cast ballots for local parliaments, mayors or governors. But this year's, which takes place on Sunday, could be different. Discontent with the Kremlin is palpable. Over the summer, polls show sinking support for Vladimir Putin. Protests sparked by the arrest of a popular governor in Khabarovsk, a city in the Far East, suggest people resent Moscow's dominance. The Kremlin has tried to stop independent candidates from running, but Alexei Navalny, Russia's leading opposition politician, advocates tactical voting, no matter how uninspiring other candidates may be, as a way to challenge the Kremlin's stooges. On August 20th, Mr Navalny was poisoned with a military-grade nerve agent in Siberia, where he was priming candidates for these elections. His poisoning did not bring people out onto the streets. It might, however, get them to the polls. Understanding Despair Suicide in America Statistics released today detailing how many young Americans have taken their own lives should provide insight on a bleak trend. Reporting lags mean the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has not tallied suicides during the pandemic, but it will publish new data dating back to 2000. Since then, suicide rates have risen by a third across most age groups in America. COVID-19 is darkening the picture further. Calls to suicide hotlines have increased, and according to a survey published by the CDC this summer, 11% of Americans had considered killing themselves during the previous 30 days. By contrast, a survey from 2018 found that 4% of respondents had contemplated it in the previous year. Anxiety, isolation and unemployment caused by the pandemic play their parts. The ensuing recession will prolong the pain. One study found the financial crisis of 2008 led to at least 10,000 additional suicides in North America and Europe. Protest in Pandemic Times Catalonia Large numbers of Catalans have turned out on September 11th in recent years to mark their national day and demand an independent state. 
With COVID-19 still raging across Spain, the plan this year is for a socially distanced demonstration of 48,000 previously registered people at 90 different locations. This breaks the separatist regional government's own rules. Nevertheless, the Catalan president, Kim Tora, backs it. He faces removal from office next week by Spain's Supreme Court for displaying partisan propaganda on public buildings during a general election last year. His party has splintered and is at loggerheads with Esquerra, its coalition partner. Polls show that support for independence, never a majority, is falling slightly. Yet the squabbling separatists facing divided opposition are expected to win a regional election that will probably happen after Christmas. Spain's Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez has other priorities. His minority left-wing government is grappling with a deep recession and struggling to get its budget through Parliament. Finally, here's the quote of the day from D.H. Lawrence, who was born on this day in 1885. Never trust the artist, trust the tale. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.